0: Hi, guys, it's Ellen Olson Brown with the Sun in My Face podcast. I am recording this on a day that is alternately sunny and cloudy as a very strong wind blows the clouds across the sky in different patterns, and there's a lot going on in the trees. It's kind of exciting and beautiful and a little wonderful in its wildness, and also I just find myself hoping that the All our trash cans stay where they belong and the tree branches stay on the trees. That would be great. So I have this box that I have been uh, stashing, carrying around, moving from spot to spot in my house over the past almost nine years since my mother had a stroke. And it's a box that belonged to my grandmother and when my mom had her stroke, uh, we had to move her out of her house and into assisted living. And that meant a lot of her things had to be re uh, rehomed But I tried to keep things that might be either uh, sentimentally or financially valuable. And one of the things I kept was this box. And in this box, there, is, there was silverware. And I thought, oh, maybe we should keep that. Maybe that would be a good thing to keep. It wasn't anything I ever remembered seeing before. We didn't really have like silver silverware when I was growing up. And um, we don't have silver in my house right now. Like uh, when Caleb and I got married, we did register for like a set of plates and some utensils and but not like china and silver and we continue to live a fairly cash life in a fairly small house where, like, we don't have a big dining room table. We have a kitchen table that gets added onto if we happen to have more than, you know, four or six people over to dinner. And um, we just make do with what we have, which works out perfectly fine. We kind of have a policy of buying uh, when we need new plates and bowls and things like that, we just buy everything white and so it's a jumbled set but it kind of looks like it goes together and then in terms of silverware we have um it's a jumble guys there's like the basic set that we got when we first got married uh, and then there's like stuff that has somehow appeared or gotten handed down to us and whatever. So there's a jumble. And if we have people over to dinner, everybody does not have the same matching set. Somehow we manage to eat good food and have fun anyway. But, you know, that's just kind of the way it's been. It's one of, something that's just not super important to us. So every once in a while, I would look at this box of silverware and be like, what are we going to do with that? Like, it's so heavy and a little bit ornate. And like, what should I do with it? Should I take it to an appraiser? Should I uh, give it away? Should I, uh, you know, donate it somewhere? I don't know, what do I do with it? And i would be like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. I'm not going to worry about it. So I'm in the process, we're in the process of getting a room in our house that's been unfinished basically since we moved in 20 years ago, Um, and we've mostly used just for storage. We're getting that room like finally finished, which is great, but it means there's 20 years of stuff being stuck in a room that needs to be gone through. So I've been little by little doing that, and today I found the box of silverware, and I sat down with it and I opened it up and then I opened this drawer that was tucked into the box and I found um, these two pieces of paper. One, well, actually three. One was a clipping from like, I think 1963, yellowed and brittle and, but you know, a few pages from the newspaper and there was an ad and my grandmother who this box used to belong to had circled an ad for silverware she had circled the pattern that she wanted and I think a phone number that she had written down or something like that so that was folded up in um in the box and then there was I don't know why I find this so charming and so just like strangely like I don't know. It got my imagination going. It's a folded card that has been repeatedly fed into some kind of a, do you know what I mean when I say like a ka chunka machine? Like, did you ever have a bank book as a kid where they had to put it into a machine and it would stamp the date and how much you would put in your account and how much you had? It was kind of like that, but just like a thick piece of paper. And it had uh, a lot of dates on it and it had a little note at the top that said that my grandmother owed $16 a month and that this was like silverware she got on some kind of layaway plan. And I just found myself really touched by all of these dates where she couldn't just go online and pay her bill. She had to physically go to the bank or the store, I'm not sure which it was, and make her payment. And there it is. Like, all these dates, 1963, 1964, 1965. My mom must have been like 17 at the time. I also have an aunt who was about nine years older. I don't know if she was buying something for them, if it was for herself. I don't I don't know what the story is. I don't know why she picked the pattern that she picked, like what it meant to her, or why she discarded the other patterns. And I don't know, there's something in me that just wants to know. And also wants to know what she wore when she went to go make these payments. Like she was somebody who had wigs and lipstick and kind of funky hats. And I wonder if she had some of those outfits on when she was making her payments. Um, Anyway, finding the, oh, and then there was a third piece of paper where she signed her name. And every time that I've ever seen her sign her name on a piece of paper, her name was Annie Kelly, and she always signs Mrs. Stephen Kelly, uh, which I think is so funny. And um, I mean, you know, that's the way it was done back then. But I just can't imagine that I would ever write like Mrs. Caleb Brown as my identity, but whatever. Different strokes for different folks at different times. I feel like there should be one more rhyme in that, but there we go. So, um, I don't know, finding these made me feel this real tenderness about the silverware and a sense of connection to it, and I decided to keep it. So, I took all the silverware out, and I added it to our jumbled collection. So, now we have, like, some super thin spoons that probably came from my kids' high school cafeteria and somehow made it to our house in their lunch bags and never made it back to the school. And like random forks that somebody probably brought to serve something when they came to our house and we have no idea who they belong to. And now this lovely silver that doesn't even seem to need to be shined. It seems like it's in, in good shape, which is good because I can't see us doing a lot of silver shining. So we'll see what happens to these utensils. But um, so interesting. And I also think it's so interesting that time after time, I opened this box and was like, I don't know what to do with it. And then today I was like, oh yeah, keep it, use it, and feel connected to a grandmother who I didn't really know very much as a person, but without whose life I wouldn't have existed. So... There you go. Okay, the other day I told you in terms of recommendations that I had bought a new New York Times cookbook and um, we made something from it last night that was so good. The whole point of this cookbook is that you don't really have uh, like really fine measurements. It's just kind of like, take this, take this, mix it together. So here's the recipe, super simple. I'll I'll tell it to you kind of how I made it so that you have some measurements. Sweet potatoes, get four of them, fairly small, not tiny, but not huge either. Uniformly sized. Cut them in half, like down the long way so that you have like two little boats. Um, Put some parchment paper on a cookie sheet. Brush the cut side with oil. Turn the sweet potatoes down flat side on the cookie sheet. Cook at 400 degrees. I think it might have been like half an hour. While they're cooking, mix together a few tablespoons of miso, a few tablespoons of butter, three to four chopped scallions, and a couple of shakes of sesame seeds. Maybe a little more of the miso and butter. Um, the butter needs to be softened. Mix it all up. When the potatoes are soft, take them out of the oven. Spread the miso mixture on top. Chop up some peanuts. I pressed those into the miso mixture. So you've you've flipped over the sweet potatoes. So you're you're brushing this on the flat side. Put them back in the oven. Cook for about 15 more minutes. Take out. Serve on a bed of salad greens, and uh, that you've dressed with a dressing of. Ooh, these, these amounts, I'm not going to be very good at telling you exactly, but maybe like three tablespoons of canola oil, two tablespoons of rice vinegar, a whole bunch of garlic. I mean, a whole bunch of ginger, a little bit of garlic, a couple of tablespoons of sesame oil, and a dash of soy sauce. Try that. I think that's all that was in the dressing. So dress the greens Put the warm uh, sweet potatoes on top. Unbelievable. I can't wait to go eat the leftovers. All right, talk to you soon. Bye.